Welcome back to another episode of Homebrew Portal. I'm Big J. And I'm Bite. And today, it's all about the details. Hey, you, you know what? I don't need no stupid game to tell me how to have fun. I'll do it all on my own. If you think Poop Dragon's hard, you should never play Pyrea So when we say details, we're talking about exposition, but that doesn't just mean world-building exposition. It also means micro-tier exposition, like what your players experience when they walk into a tavern. And you're giving this for your players to interact with your world. You're not doing this for your players to know what's happening. You're doing it so that they can interact with the world. And in order to have your players interact with the world, you want to be giving them sensory integration, uh, integration, <laughs> sensory exposition, which I think is the best way to give this micro tier exposition. And that's stuff like what they see, what they hear, what they smell, what they feel, not emotion feel, like a, like touch feel. Don't Don't do emotion feel. That's completely different um, issue for a completely different day. But you really want your players to be able to feel like they're, they can embody their characters and what their characters are, are sensing in the world. Um, right. And I feel like as homebrewers, we have this tendency and I feel like everyone who homebrews previous has this tendency, uh, we have this tendency to put way too much emphasis on the exposition of our world, like explaining the countries, their socioeconomic status, the relationships between these different places, the rulers of these places, the races, the this, the that. But what, what's crazy about this is the, the tiny little details of what it feels like when you walk in the bar are far more important than that. Don't get me wrong, all that exposition on your world is important, but it doesn't contribute to a great game the same way that, like, in-depth explaining the detail of the bar you've walked into does. Yeah, there are two different kinds of exposition. Explaining to your players who the bartender is is different than explaining to your characters what the bartender appears to be to them. And they're both important to do, but the balance is going to be different depending on if your depending on if your game is more role play or more or less role play. And 
I do want to point out some some people, especially if you're newer as a GM and you are looking to be better at the role play and at uh, the details and exposition. A lot of newer GMs will go out and watch someone who is a master of the craft. Uh, Matt Mercer is a great example from uh, our you know just critical role in general, and will then try to emulate that. But it is possible <laughs> to overdo it. Because the reality is most of us are not Matt Mercer. And if we try to go with that same level of detail, it's going to come off as tryhardy and a little cringy. That said, most of us should be doing more. It's usually not being overdone. It's usually not doing enough. Yeah, and I do want to push back a little bit on... On... Yes, copying Matt Mercer is not always the way to go. I don't think it necessarily makes you cringy if you're going a little bit over the top. Maybe you should. Well, I mean, be if I spend that. like 20 minutes making the sound effects for what the the bartender is doing and like describing his every motion, that that would yeah, that would I think at that point it would become a little cringy. Not like not in the way you're. I I think I think we're using cringy a little bit differently. I mean, it would just be so over the top. It would almost seem like um uh comedical because of how much uh, detail you're giving. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. It's it's important to it's important to encourage your players and if you're a player, your GM to give detail as much as the party can retain and still, you know, play the game. But don't let them get over the top if they start getting over the top. And a way to still encourage it while telling them, hey, I think you should pull off a little bit with it. It's telling them, hey, I really love what you're doing. I like the detail you're giving this game. But we would enjoy a little bit more time to explore as characters and not you just telling us what's happening. Right. Um, And I think a good rule of thumb for how to know what the right amount of detail is, is use one descriptor for each sense. Uh, and let me give an example of that. And keep in mind, I'm going to be doing this off the top of my head, so it's not going to be great. Um, let's say your party has walked into uh, a tavern. You could tell them you as you open the as you open the door, the musty smell of the tavern fills your nose. The there's a faint clatter of dishes as one of the few uh, people in the bar, a waitress, clears up a plate. Uh, and then, bam! I've gotten one smell. I've gotten one sound, and I could go for like a touch and explain like a creaky floorboard, and then that's it. And that's already a ton of detail to help saint the scene and put it in the mind of your players. And I've literally just only named one sensation for each sense, you know? And one thing that's really important to point out about this example is that it was quick and to the point, but it was also effective while doing so. You don't want to spend two minutes explaining every detail of what every person in the tavern is doing, but just a quick but effective description of what is happening around so that your players can interact with it. Right, and that's that's kind of my point with the one of each sense thing. If you give one smell, one touch, and one uh, sound, and maybe if it's appropriate a taste, although I don't think that's going to come up quite that often, um, as often at least. If you just give one of each of those senses, just like musty, creaky, uh, 
um, dimly lit. Bam. Those three, that's that's it. You're done. That's all you have to do. You don't have to... If you're When you start going over that, I think, is when you start to run into problems. Yeah, and you can even use this to amplify or minimize what you want your players to be feeling. If you want your players to feel a scene more, say they just walked into a really intense boss fight or a dragon sin or something, you can maybe do three sins instead of one sense. And if they just walked into just a really mundane place, they're walking through the city streets, you can just do one sense, one, one instance of one sense to just kind of minimize it and move on. And it shows your players what's important and what's not important. Now, another thing you can do if you want to up your game a little bit, uh, use a thesaurus, man. It's like whenever you're writing down what your exposition's going to be for the campaign, like for the session, check a thesaurus. Like maybe I want, like maybe it's a really upbeat campaign, and I want to describe this village. The um, the the parties entering is cheerful. I just pulled up cheerful on a thesaurus. I could say it's animated, bright, chipper, effervescent, enthusiastic, jaunty. Like, and just that use of better descriptive words you can get from a thesaurus can up your game a huge amount. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and one other thing I want to note is that for big events, you don't want to be giving full speeches. You can do this with a thesaurus, just jot down notes of words that you want to use when giving a description. Uh, you could jot down a, a couple sentences that you want to hit as like key points for planned encounters, but you don't want to do speeches. You just want to be able to kind of freelance it but freelance is a bad word um but you want to be able to ad lib it and at the same time tell what you want to say right and um you know, there's one other thing i want to talk about and it's not quite exposition but it is about the details and that's um one thing a lot of gms who aren't professional voice actors complain about when they watch GMs who are professional voice actors on YouTube will be like, well, I can't do all these voices. And I can't do voices either. Most of us can't because we're mortal people. However, there is a way around that, and that's to change your diction, um, like how you pronounce things, and your cadence makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. For example, I can have like a really energetic character. It's always like, hey, guys, how's it going? What's up? Blah, 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 blah. Or I can have some guy who's like, when I was a kid, I thought tumors were a good thing. And just by changing... <laughs> that's just the first thing I can think of to say. I don't know why. Um, but just by changing the speed at which I'm talking at, you can really like make it clear that, hey, this guy is different from this person, which is especially useful if you have a scene where there's multiple NPCs speaking at the same time. Yeah, you can also just change the way you're talking. Like right now, I sound like I'm really bored. And right now, I sound like I'm pretty happy. And you can do this without diction if you need to. Diction is a little harder to pull off if your vocabulary is poor. Uh, no offense if you have a bad vocabulary. Um, but yeah, you can definitely do it with just diction and... Or, sorry, just cadence and tone if you need to. 
Um, I'd like to point out that first voice you did. He didn't sound bored. He sounded like he was halfway through, like, a midlife crisis. <laughs> like, he just, like, everything, every, he just realized that every day he lives is a closer, is one step closer to death. Well, technically one day closer. But what did I say? One step. I mean, eh, you know what, the hell with it. That, it's... it's I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> um, yeah, and and all these little... But the point here is that these tiny little details are so important and so often overlooked. Yeah, and one more thing I want to add is that you don't need to describe in detail every turn of combat. Don't run combat the same way you run social encounters. You want combat to vary based on the type of combat. If you're in a really long, drawn-out combat scene, like 45 minutes, you don't want to describe everything. You just want to get through your players. Maybe you just do a little hit. Say, you slash with your dagger. Okay, next. And this is, is especially true if you have a really big party. And it's going to take even longer for players to get to their turns. Because players will get bored. And they're not going to be paying attention. They won't know what's, what's happening. And it's just going to slow it down even more. It's different if you have a short combat. Say your player just went and punched a guard in the face um, outside the city. You can ham that up a little bit. Because it's just one short little scene. It, it, it doesn't. You don't need to have the rest of the party wait for their turn. Right, and I, I actually have a strategy I use uh, for this that I'm going to share. Um, so, in, in most boss battles, in, in, in fights, generally, generally, unless something really awesome happens, I'm only going to describe crits, whether that's crit fails or crit successes. Um, an exception to this is boss battles. Um, if you've ever played any type of video game and with boss battles in it, Almost always, at some point during the boss battle, there's a turning point. Like, usually it's when they hit, like, half health, and they'll either change forms, or they'll get really angry, or there'll be something that happens and they start fighting differently, and you have to change up your strategy. I do the same thing with my bosses when I homebrew. So there'll always be some critical moment, like, have when he reaches half health, and I'll have, like, something explained for that. And it can be something simple. Like, maybe they just get enraged and their eyes turn red. But it can lead to these really cool moments where, um, like, the, the players have this, oh, shit, realization. Because, like, you know, in Dra it's like almost like something out of Dragon Ball Z where it's, he wasn't even fighting me with his whole power. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also different if... Because I really like to have, um, like, personalized, you, you, like, flavor your combat. Players like to flavor their spells, flavor how they use their weapons. And so there's a way to do that where you just, after a couple sessions and you generally know what they're doing, you can do it really quickly without having to go into a lot of detail about it. So you can say, you shoot your fireball, blue explosion, done, next person. So that's our episode about details. This has been Homebrew Portal. Uh, if you listen to us on Anchor, which is our home site, um, you actually will give you a way to contact us. And if your comment is good, you can actually even leave audio messages. So if your comment is good enough, we will 
maybe maybe even put it in the podcast. You never know. It could happen. Probably won't, but it could. Otherwise, just leave us your comments, gripes, concerns, complaints, and moans. Uh, we may get to them. We may not. Um, and we even if you leave a voice message, there's no guarantee we'll play it on the podcast. But if you leave a good enough question, we'll likely respond to it. So we upload every Thursday evening. This has been Homebrew Portal.